Hi, I'm Dan Primack, and welcome to Axios Recap, presented by Walmart. Today is Monday, January 4th. Stocks are down, COVID hospitalizations are way up, and we're focused on one of President Trump's election scapegoats. The near-term future of American politics will be determined tomorrow in Georgia, where a pair of runoff elections will decide which party controls the U.S. Senate. Right now, both races look like toss-ups, but what we do know for sure is that the votes will all be recorded and tabulated via voting machines produced by Dominion Voting Systems, a Colorado-based company that's become the nexus of Trumpian conspiracy theories over what, quote, really happened in November. Now, much of that's been fed by President Trump himself, who repeatedly brought up Dominion during his leaked call from two days ago with Georgia's Secretary of State, going so far as to call Dominion corrupt. Three things to know. First, Dominion is one of the country's largest makers of election equipment, used in 28 states, although not in some of the major cities where Trump has baselessly claimed fraud, including Philly and Milwaukee. Two, Dominion has threatened to sue some of the high-profile people and media organizations that have made baseless claims about it, with Fox News Channel, Fox Business, and Newsmax all reacting by airing at least partial corrections, or at least clarifications. Three, Dominion was founded in Canada, and despite accusations to the contrary from people like Trump lawyers Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani, is owned by a New York City-based private equity firm, whose office is just one block away from Fox News headquarters. The bottom line, Dominion's gone from a largely unknown tech vendor to the ubiquitous election boogeyman for millions of Trump supporters, urged on by the president himself and by his associates. So we want to go deeper into what Dominion is, what it isn't, and how the controversy has upended the lives of its employees with founder and CEO John Poulos. But first, this. We're joined now by John Poulos, the founder and CEO of Dominion Voting Systems. So, John, take me back a little bit. What was the moment when you realized that Dominion was going from a vendor in the election to a flashpoint, a public flashpoint in the election? Uh, well, there, I think that there was a couple events, but it really hit the flat. The flashpoint was that press conference in Washington, D.C., uh, at the White House, uh, where Sidney Powell, and others went in front of the national media and made some crazy false allegations uh, directly about Dominion. When that happened, what was your, your internal monologue while you're either watching this or somebody's telling you that it happened? It was completely surreal. So I was watching it live. Um, I had seen it being advertised and I, I just couldn't believe what I was what I was hearing. There were things being said about me personally, about the company I founded, um, that is so demonstrably false. Um, and, and you know, there's 18 years of records of where Dominion was founded, why it was founded, and the the level of falsity was just reached a level that I had not previously thought would ever be possible. As CEO, you've got the the public facing, which is what you're doing with me, but you also obviously have a lot of employees. Did you start getting questions internally from people saying, hey, is, is some of this stuff right? Or was there any kind of internal dialogue like that from the people who work for you? Uh, well, there was certainly a lot of dialogue internally, and we were having uh, company-wide conference calls uh, very regularly. So um, the first question, no. I mean, all of our employees know exactly uh, where we came from and know all of our history and know everything about all of the checks and balances that exist in the U.S. election system. 
frankly, that was created after the fallout of the 2000 presidential election. The, the, the system has come such a long way. Really, the employee questions were all around, uh, what are we going to do about it? And when are we going to start standing up for ourselves and rebutting a lot of these claims? Can you, for the layperson, just explain a little bit, are all Dominion systems the same? In other words, if I vote in Georgia, am I using the same sort of system if I'm, say, in Michigan in the county where you guys work? Or are they really county-specific kind of customized hardware and software? Uh, there are different flavors and variations of how different states choose to deploy our systems, but the fundamental uh, tabulation technology is the same across states. So if you look at the case of Georgia, it's a good example. So we have two pieces of technology. One is all based around helping voters create a paper ballot. Um, there's a lot of reasons why they do this. Uh, some states do it by just a traditional pen and hand marked. Other states want a universal paper ballot. Uh, that can be uh, created regardless of a voter's ability, both language ability or physical ability. But the end of that process is a paper ballot that the voter is holding and touching and can look at the candidates that are written on that piece of paper. The second piece of technology that we provide is all around the tabulation of those paper ballots. So it's a scanning technology um, that tabulates all of the contests in candidates that the voters vote for. One of the things you guys have said in some of your rebuttals is that while these are kind of technologically advanced machines, they're to a certain extent what we would consider dumb machines, right? In the sense of they're not connected to the web. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and there's a good reason for that. So if you look at the last 20 years of evolution of elections in the United States, we had gone from a system uh, where there were mechanical systems or a variant of it with electronic voting where fundamentally the transaction between the voter and the cast record, what we call the cast record, was electronic and there was no piece of paper as the fundamental transaction. There was a lot of issues that stemmed from the 2000 election on that and the lack of transparency. So the end result of that was a creation of a bipartisan federal commission that worked to create uh, the definitive standards uh, for national voting systems and, and election technologies. That has been updated and continually is updated. Uh, it's several thousand pages with very strict uh, instructions and requirements of what a election system must do and be capable of producing. That process also led to the creation of third-party accredited test labs. Professional test labs are able to test third-party tabulation equipment, like from Dominion, and do a complete and exhaustive test. These tests, the first time through, can easily take a vendor uh, years to go through. Once that independent test lab creates a thorough report, which, by the way, is publicly available on the EAC website, uh, the EAC moves uh, or does not move to certify, uh, and the system becomes certified. Most states, it's a bit different in every state, has a similar certification process by which after that federal, exhaustive federal certification process, uh, certain states then will repeat uh, and do variants of their own testing. Going back a little bit, you talked about the Sidney Powell press conference. And, and last month, you guys, Dominion, sent cease and desist letters to, among others, Fox News, OAN. Uh, Powell, are you planning to file actual lawsuits for defamation? Yes. Against who? Uh, our focus right now is on Sidney Powell. And, and, and there's a very good reason for that. She is, by far, in our opinion, uh, the most egregious and prolific purveyor of the falsities against Dominion. Her statements have caused real damage. They're demonstrably false. 
Um, in our opinion, it, it's extremely easy to verify that we were not created in Venezuela. Um, you know, that's just that's just one of the many of the crazy allegations made against us. And we were originally quiet um, and we sat back as a company because our hope was that all of these claims uh, would be filed in a process in court where procedure and evidence is important. And it's become clear to us uh, that there is absolutely no interest uh, to reveal this evidence and, and because we know it doesn't exist. And there's no effort to actually put it in front of a court proceeding so that these allegations and all of the evidence can follow a proper process and be uh, litigated right to the end. And because of that, that's why we're filing. When do you expect to actually file? Uh, it's imminent. So we're going to file when the lawyers are ready, uh, but it's imminent. Why not also file against, for example, Fox News, OAN, Newsmax? I know they all published or aired rather that little kind of two minute fact check, but why not file against them as well? Well, let me be clear. The damage has been done. Um, and in some cases, some media outlets are continuing to promote this damaging uh, type of false narrative. And uh, I also want to be clear that we're looking at everybody, uh, that not just every actor that has made these types of uh, false allegations about us and uh, the, also the news media outlets that have allowed these allegations to be amplified, unfettered and unchecked. And we've got a pretty substantial legal team looking at that. And as I said, our priority is Sidney Powell, but uh, the legal team is going to be thorough and exhaustive. Do you find yourself a little bit on this between a rock and a hard place in the sense of, and just hypothetically, if you, for example, wanted to sue President Trump, who has said stuff about Dominion, including in the call that got leaked yesterday, that because of what you guys do and because of who your clients are and that you have to you know, pitch to states that are controlled by Republicans and controlled by Democrats, secretary of states, et cetera, that if you're viewed as, for example, suing Donald Trump, it could make it much harder for Dominion in the future to get business from a so-called red state. Absolutely. So we do business in red states and blue states. Uh, our customers are on, from both sides of the aisle and in many cases bipartisan. The sanctity of the electoral process and the concerns that come and that, uh, that arise in every election uh, to us is a very important part of the process. This is not the first time that losing candidates have asked questions around uh, what happened uh, with an election in terms of process and how tabulation worked. And we feel that's a very important part of the process. This is something different, however. This is spreading false information that's knowingly false uh, with a malicious intent. Uh, this is not asking, how do I know all the, all the ballots were, were counted? Uh, we have recounts for that. We have audits for that. These questions have been answered over and over and over. In a normal election protest, these claims are filed in, a, in an appropriate court of law uh, where process and procedure is followed uh, so that concerns can be heard uh, and prosecuted properly. Uh, this is something completely different. You said you're looking at everybody. Is a lawsuit against President Trump still possible? Look, at the end of the day, uh, it's our legal team that's taking the lead on in terms of where and who they are. But you're the one who's going to have to make the you'd have to make the call on whether that goes through or not. Of course, we will have to make uh, the call before we make any filing. Uh, right now, the only thing that I can commit to uh, is a complaint that we will file against Sidney Powell. John, why do you think that, as you said, losing candidates have complained about elections and election processes for years? Because that's kind of what losing candidates do. 
Why do you think, though, kind of these rampant conspiracy theories, you know, the, the Hugo Chavez piece of this, why do you think that has taken root with the American public, or at least a significant portion of the American public? Certainly, I have to think that it's taken root because they have been repeated over and over and over on various news networks by most prominently by Sidney Powell and stated with with complete certainty, with claims that something to the effect of, you know, we have the evidence and we will be releasing it tomorrow. That evidence wasn't released because it doesn't exist. Uh, we were not founded in Venezuela. We have nothing to do with Venezuela. We've never run an election in Venezuela. We are a U.S. company. Prior to that, we were a Canadian company. I founded the company in Canada. These allegations that boats were somehow taken outside the county are nonsensical, let alone outside the country. The votes that voters cast are on paper ballots in Michigan, in Georgia, in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. And as always, those machines that count the ballots and the actual paper ballots that were created by voters, that were cast by voters, are in the possession and the custody of local election officials in front of bipartisan poll watchers. So when President Trump yesterday makes the comment, or two days ago technically makes the comment, that Dominion employees came in and, quote, took inner parts of the machine out and replaced them, you say what? Yeah, it's completely false. The equipment has been in the custody of officials in Georgia since they were since it was delivered in sometime in 2019. And uh, not, to, not to mention that a lot of this equipment is actually being used right now in the runoff election. So we, we have the president being given information by people like Sidney Powell that is 100 percent false. Final question for you, John. The company is talking about you, certain employees receiving death threats. Can you talk a little bit about how this has impacted your life, your employees' lives, and if those sorts of threats have persisted? Uh, it's affected us all. Uh, and it's something that, you know, we're very angry about. It's, it was completely unnecessary. Uh, certainly, we're not, it's not limited to us. Our customers are also uh, experiencing the same thing. And for, for this to happen, when our only job is to help people vote, and to provide a very transparent tally that can be verified through hand count and recounts, as has been done hundreds of times across the country, including three times in Georgia, is completely unnecessary. In the most extreme case, we have an employee that hasn't been able to return to his house since before the November election. Uh, he still has people driving in front of his house, and his life has been completely uprooted. John, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you very much. Welcome back. What we're watching today is Google parent company Alphabet, where a group of more than 225 employees announced they've signed union cards with the Communications Workers of America. Why it matters is that this sets up what could become Silicon Valley's largest and highest profile unionization effort to date, even though this would be a so-called minority union, which means its potential power would be limited mostly to company policies rather than labor contract negotiations. So we asked Axios chief technology correspondent Ina Freed if unionization could spread to other big tech companies. What this is is a sign that unions will play more of a role in Silicon Valley than they have. I would be surprised if a big tech company goes fully unionized. I just don't think the votes are there. I don't think the culture is ready for that. But I wouldn't be surprised to see people at other tech companies do a similar thing. What we're also watching today is Jack Ma, the billionaire founder of Chinese tech giant Alibaba. Actually, strike that. We would be watching Jack Ma. He's been ubiquitous for years, except no one's actually seen him since late October. 
when he called for economic reform in China during a speech that arguably led Chinese regulators to block an Alibaba affiliate from completing what had been expected to be the largest IPO of all time. At the time of his speech, Ma appeared to believe that his wealth, his success, his profile put him on par with the Chinese Communist Party. His disappearance, though, may suggest otherwise. And finally today, we are watching the end of healthcare insurance platform Haven, which was launched to a huge amount of media fanfare three years ago by Amazon, JP Morgan, and Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway. The basic idea was that Haven was going to figure out how to stem the spiraling costs of employee healthcare. But it turns out that the smartest guys in the room didn't have those answers. So now Haven is closing, with most of its employees to be offered jobs at one of the three founding companies. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven. Have a great national spaghetti day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Axios Recap.